when you give up a little something, consider Moses. What Moses gave up. Moses gave up uh, uh, being a pharaoh. And that was the um, that was the leading nation at that time before they were um, they were even before the Assyrian or the Medes and the Persians or Greece. They were um, they were a tremendous nation that um, that had saved uh, in the famine those seven years of famine with Joseph. And uh, Joseph became a governor, and then Moses could Moses could have been a king, but he didn't. He chose to to lead God's people out of Egypt into um, into the wilderness for forty years. So think about all these things. That when you're suffering a little bit, what are you suffering? Moses chose to suffer. He could have stayed in the palace, but you never have. Uh, you never hear about Moses. God would have to raise up a deliverer, another deliverer, and God could do that because when one person fails, God can raise up another one. God has never, never left Himself without a witness. See, so never think that well, I am the only one. Um, who was it? Elijah. Elijah thought that. Elijah said, Lord, I am the only one. Everybody else has worshipped idols. They've gone after um, Baal. They've turned against you, but I'm the only one. You're not the only one. And God told him, he said, I, I have 7,000 more that have not bowed their knees to, to Baal. All right. Or kissed the image or so, but um, uh, you have to understand that God keep a track record of everyone. When you worship him in spirit and in truth, God knows why I'm worshiping him. Is it because I um, want uh, glory, focus on myself? Why am I doing it? Am I building a name, trying to build a name for myself? Why am I doing this? Uh, I must do it because God called me and I love God. I'm not doing it because I have a zeal. You you can have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. See, everybody that's zealous is not is not uh, right. Uh, you can, zeal can tear up a church. See, that's zeal without knowledge. You can tear up a church. You can get in there and uh, you can... Uh, cause disharmony in a church but um, but we must understand the, the, the leading of the spirit understand the word of God otherwise we will be out of line out of order so this was a really good um, lesson right there from the, the book of um, uh, the elect, fate of God's elect that's a tremendous there's some, some, I don't even remember what's in there. And when I wrote the book years ago, and it just came out a few months ago, I didn't know. When I was writing, I, all these books, many books I've written. And she's doing two at the same time. Okay, <laughs> that's how many books I have. 
I said you'll never be able to to finish it because it takes a lot of work to produce one book. But thank God for Sister Joni who put on the finishing touch and Adriana was the one that got us stirred up when I wrote the three volumes of the kingdom and the resurrection, remember? And uh, so on, and Brother Ronald, I help us a lot, and others uh, that um, that's helping us. But it's a lot of work, see? But by faith, I said to her, said by faith, you'll go down as a woman of faith. By faith, you did this. Uh, Ruth left Moab, but uh, you left the country of the Philippines, and you didn't know. When I was writing, I didn't even know that she would understand. I wasn't even thinking of her. But right there was someone that God would touch. And otherwise, there would be no books. But God touched her. Because I wrote them and I put them away. And God touched her. And she went back and she started looking. At, I mean, that's some of them many, many years ago. And they're so whole. The paper is so whole that I don't know how she make out with it. But God is so good. God will send help. I'm telling you, God will send help at the right time. You don't understand how God works. You look around and say, well, who's going to do this and who's going to do that? Trust me. Trust me. God, Mordecai said to um, Esther, um, no doubt, uh, you, so he said, uh, 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 if you don't help, if you don't do it, Okay, she's, she was a queen. Then God is able to raise up deliverance from another source. And you and your father's house will be destroyed. But no doubt you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now if, if, if she came to the kingdom for such a time as this, it show you how God, uh, the foreknowledge of God, See, uh, God all-knowing, the sovereignty of God. God is not a man. God knows all things. And God, uh, God uh, uh, knew that is, uh, Israel or Judah, down in um, Medes and Persian uh, country, they were going to come under the attack of, um, uh, what was his name, Amon. Amen. Who was the um, was he uh, Amalekite that Saul refused to destroy, and uh, that that nation. And so now, uh, one of the sons rise up against um, Judah, Benjamin, uh, uh, say Israel, and wanted to destroy the lineage of um, Jacob. But God never let him do it, because God raised up a woman. Can you imagine? God can raise up children. He can raise up little girls. In the case of Naaman, when he um, raised up uh, that little girl to tell Naaman's wife, said, "Would God that my my master was in in uh, Israel?" Said the prophets would cure him of his leprosy, and the word got around, and Naaman was cured of his leprosy. Isn't that amazing? How God works. You cannot limit God. You look around and say. Or can God do it? God can God can use a raven. God can use anything. That he can use a donkey. Don't ever limit God to yourself. And said, Well, 
if I don't do it, that's where a lot of people get confused because they, they will not submit to God because they look on their little proud self. And they said, well, if I don't do it, then nobody's going to do that. If I don't clean the church, who's going to do it? You'll be surprised to know. Uh, if I don't support the church, who is going to do it? You'll be surprised to know how God works. God works by many as by few. God doesn't uh, limit himself to human beings. Did you hear what I just said? God does not limit himself to human beings. There's not one person, not one man, that God ever limit himself to. That if that man ever go down, the work of God would fail. I mean, Abraham was one of the greatest men, right? And the promises was made. And God says to him that after you are falling asleep, this is what I'm going to do for your children. Abraham died. And the promises of God is still going on. Did God, did God raise up a, did God raise up a Messiah? I'm not just talking about kings because he did that. But did he raise up a savior? That's, that's God himself came from the lineage of Abraham. Can you imagine? God that made the heavens and the earth. Found his way into the womb of a virgin. How could a little girl's womb. Uh, uh, just just uh, was able to contain. Able to, um, to hold the creator. He made her. He made Mary. And yet he dwelt in her womb. He made Mary yet she gave birth to him. I mean, it's, it's awesome. God made Mary. He did. Made her womb. Made everything. And yet, she gave birth to him. She rocked him to bed. Tell me how awesome God is. The God that you limit. The God that you let uh, somebody twist your mind over. And you're not sure. You, you spin. You don't understand. You just don't understand how great God is. How, how awesome God is. And if you understood how God, how awesome God is, you would put your trust in Him. Amen. You would love Him with all of your heart. You would never doubt Him. Now, God promised to save the children of, of uh, Israel, Abraham's offspring. And Abraham was able to, to die believing God. He did. And every one of Abraham's seed, I'm talking about the promises. I'm not talking about, because not all that is of Israel is Abraham's seed. But um, the promise was made to Abraham and yet... Abraham never saw it fulfilled. Think of how great this God is. His sovereign grace. His mercy. Here was a, here was a woman. She had lost it. Sarah. She could not have children. It was over. 
And when it's over, it's over. And the man, it was over also. And they, you know, trying to help God, went about. And they realized the position that they were in. They knew they were dead. You understand what I'm saying? They knew that they could not have children anymore. It was physically impossible. It was over. It had ceased to be with both of them. And um, yet God promised. So when they try to help God, God says, no, it's in Sarah. When he presented Ishmael, no, it's Sarah that is going to give you a child. And this child would be the child of promise. And when God told it, the angel of the Lord was there, which was Christ before he became a man. Sarah laughed. You would have laughed too. When you look at your condition and you, everything about you was fallen, over, done. And she said, it ceased to be with me and my Lord. She knew the guy didn't have any strength. And yet they were out there talking about children. You're going to have next year this time. Sarah is going to be holding a child. Impossible. But that which is impossible with men. Is possible with God. And your, your situation that is impossible. See. God brought you through COVID. That season of time. And it was raging. It was, it, was, it was a bad period of time in the world. Still is, but it's not as bad as before. But many people didn't know they would make it. See, but God brought them through. See, God will bring you through every situation if you can trust him. But you have to trust him. But he knows whether you trust him or not. You can't fool him. If it just come from your lips. It's got to come from your heart. See. You can draw near to your. To God with your singing. Your heart. Your praising. Your preaching. Your testifying. But if it's coming from your lips. You're not going to get anything from God. But it's got to come from your heart. Like Hannah. She prayed from her heart. Only her lips move. But her heart. Was in tune with God. So that which is impossible. With men is possible with God. But the book is that by faith. You have to believe God. It makes the impossible. Possible. The invisible. Becomes visible. The unseen becomes. Seen is a reality. I can. Do all things through Christ. Notice, through Christ that strengthened me. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is our Savior and our Lord. I can do all things. Now, we, we are we're living at this close age. But if you understand is that there's not, a knowledge, not, there's not a lot of knowledge about the word of God. We talk about it. And it's easier many times for someone to, to go a thousand miles. 
to, to maybe a conference or whatever it might be, than to sit down and spend a few hours with the word of God. Because you have to have an appetite. It's got to be there. You got to cultivate an appetite. And it's easy to run up and down. And in the crowd. And to be alone with God. It's hard to be alone with God. Unless you love him. And you've got to get used to his presence. Otherwise you don't want to stay. You just hurry up. That's why a lot of us. We don't pray until we are tired and we kneel down and we fall asleep. But I'm talking about spending time with God. Loving God. With all our hearts. Love him a week. Then next week you don't love him. Then you try to love him again. Then you don't love him again. God can never put us in the kingdom like that. He would have a kingdom that's not stable. But... Uh, but the ones that God's going to put in the kingdom of God is those that are totally his. Did you hear what I said when I say totally his? Totally his means that you don't belong to anybody else but Jesus Christ. God will never share you with anybody. It's true. He'll never share you with anybody. God is first and God is everything. If he's not first, if he's not everything, he'll never share you. Because he is Lord. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So he said, Here, here's the mistake that we make. But if I love God with all my heart, what, what do I give my wife or my husband? You don't even know the Bible. You don't even know the heart of God. God's love is not carnal and natural or human. That's a total different love. The love that you have for your husband and your wife is a totally different love. Because it's a love, human love. And it doesn't cross, it shouldn't cross the love of God. That means I can love God with all my heart, all my soul. And love my wife also. And children. And you can do the same. Amen. But God is first. God will never accept a second position. He never comes in second. He never. You can try and give it to him. Oh, it's not important. Oh, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. We'll do it when we do it. Oh, oh, the worst thing you can, you can try to do is to trick God. You outsmart him. Well, I got a back pain and a neck pain. Oh, you will get a back pain and a neck pain, alright. He will, because... The words you speak are powerful. Oh, I got a tummy ache. I can't go to church. And God knows that you could go to church. You know what you're doing? Words are powerful. Words are very creative. And the words you, you speak will come to pass. But we've got to get to the place where, like David, I was glad. Do, do, you, do, you, do you feel a gladness when they say church? My wife was saying tonight she couldn't wait to come to church. She had the joy. When you are staying the word of God, when, when, when you read and love God, not just a one verse or you pick a verse out of the coffee cup and you know you have it up there 
on your coat before you're going to work. No, I'm talking about spending time with God. The more time you spend with God is the more that you love the Lord. You don't you don't want to uh, uh, you don't want to go to bed. You want to hear his name again. I want to hear somebody say Jesus. That's that name. Just uh, when the preacher is preaching, you're waiting. How? Uh, when is he going to say Jesus? Or is he just talking about his boat, his car, his family? When is he going to mention that name? Which is above every name. Do you know what happened when you say Jesus? That name will change you. You listen to what I'm saying now. That name will make you become spiritual. If you're carnal and you can't get God in your mind because you're admiring carnality. And let me tell you something. To be carnal doesn't mean you have to be 50 years old. As long as you're alive, you can be carnal. Because the flesh lost it. After the spirit. As long as you're alive, you can be 99. But you're still breathing. And you're still lusting after the world. The things of the world. That's why you've got to get your mind on the Lord. We've got to get our minds off personality. Human beings. Great preachers. My favorite preacher. You shouldn't have a favorite preacher. The only favorite preacher is the Holy Ghost. Because he's sent to preach. You know that? He's a comforter. He's a preacher now. Jesus did his work, but he sent the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that's the preacher right now. And God can use any vessel. The Holy Ghost can use any vessel that surrendered to him. You surrender. And the only way that you're going to avoid the loss of the flesh is to walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. It's a lifestyle. You live it. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, and, and there's a war that's going on inside of us. What war? Flesh and spirit. One of them trying to over, overthrow the other one. The flesh lusted after the spirit. And the spirit after the flesh. And they're contrary. They, they both want to win you. They both want to win you over and destroy you. One will destroy you and one will save you. The flesh will destroy you. And once the flesh get a hold of you, you become admirer of everything beside God. He make a funny little old movie look good and you'll watch it over and over instead of taking up your Bible. And you laugh. And you get excited. But when it comes to church, you know like, oh, you can you can dance. person can dance for the world but they can't dance for Jesus. They're shy. They're not shy. They just don't love Jesus. They just don't want to dance with Jesus. Somebody said dancing is not in the Bible. Who tell you that? 
Dancing is in the Bible. And I'm not even going to quote David uh, that dance. Because you all know that David's dance. Miriam dance, right? The dance and the red sheet. Sure and so on. But what did Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says? After a time, a time to kill, a time to sow, a time. But it also said a time to dance. It did, didn't it? Prove me wrong. It's there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A time to dance. When is that? You can dance in your bedroom. Amen. The Holy Ghost can come up on you in, in, in your bedroom. Don't dance in your car. But you can dance in your bedroom. You can dance with your family. Have a have a dance uh, thing going. Put on a... You don't even have to have a song. You get so happy in Jesus Christ. Then he said that Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 3. A time and a season for for everything. Right? There's a time and a season for everything. That The time and the seasons is that God has times and seasons of revelation. And you cannot force God into a revelation before the time. We try, we try to sometimes to do it, but you cannot. Okay? It's a season. A time and a season. And... Did you find that? What what does read read from verse one up? Let me show you quickly. Read on quickly. To notice here to everything. There's a there's a season and a time. That's Ecclesiastes chapter chapter three. Verse um, verse one. Look at verse one. Notice to everything. No no on the, on the line. Why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't my time come? Why am I not being promoted? Why is that? Do you ever read your Bible? Do you know the scriptures? Or you just complain and blame? Huh? What, what if everybody gets up and complains? You know me? Complainers God has on his hands? Trying to, to please them? But look at that. To everything, there is a time... Uh, there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. That's us, under the heavens. So you've got to wait. You've got to be patient. To them who by patient continuing well doing. Seek for glory, Romans 2, 7. Seek for glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. Don't you have to have patience for that? Because that season, you have to develop yourself. You have to... You want to be in the bride of Christ. You want to be in the first resurrection. You want to have the image of God. Don't you know you've got to grow in grace. And in the knowledge. Of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? And the next verse says. Or next line says. Notice it. And it, and it begin to. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Break it down and explain. A time to be born. Everybody was born. There was a time to be born. But oh we don't like that part. Okay. A time to be born. 
And as sure as you were born at a birthday, you'll have a day when you die, except you won't know that date. I know my birthday, but I don't know when I'm going to die. Nobody knows. But there's a time. Every human being alive will be dead after a while. Unless Jesus Christ return and you're uh, changing a moment. That's the only hope. The only getaway and escape is for Christ to return and you're changed. Otherwise, the graveyard. And that's a fact. You can't change that. A time to be born. And a time to die. And I like this because I actually wrote a book already. And it, it's not typed out yet. This is one of the books I wrote. And itemized them all. I did. It's upstairs. Tw 20 years ago. A time to die. And a time to plant. Not, not only potatoes and flowers. Go ahead and do that. But also to plant the word of God in your heart. What am I doing tonight? And you've got to plant before you can reap. And, and those that sow sparingly. You come up one verse, two verse, what are you going to have? You're going to have a little sparing church that don't know the word of God. Said a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. And a time to pluck up that which is planted. Then it goes on a time to kill. Don't go there with your guns. But of course wars. God also uses war. Use Israel. To destroy the enemies. Okay. But there's also time to kill. Kill what? In our day. What are we killing? He said put up the sword Peter. What are we killing? Your flesh. The whole man. Mortify the deeds of the body. That's killing the body. The deeds of the body. The nature of the flesh. A time to kill. That means you accept Christ. He justifies you. The process of sanctification is a killing process. And you stay in church. And the word of God to the bit, to the hungry soul. Every bitter thing is sweet. And the word of God will kill you. The Bible said he slew them by the prophets. The word of the prophets. And the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will kill you. It kills everybody. And make us into the image of Jesus Christ. You realize you're changing. I said, I'm not the same person. I love when I couldn't love before. A time to kill and a time to heal. But you notice that? When the sword of God uh, wound you, then the, the, the Lord pours in the oil and heals you. A time to break down. What Break down what? Uh, yes, I know they break down buildings and walk, but break down traditions. Hey, all of those traditions that's built up by men. My father did this, and my mother went to this type of church, or I am I'm gonna keep their religion going. That time to break it down. You gotta break that down and live for God. A time to break down. Then what do you do when you break it down? Just don't leave it empty. But you begin to build up. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Are you with me tonight? A time to build. A time to build up. Build up 
uh, Jude says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. A time to weep. You weep over your sins. You weep over a brother or sister that not doing too good. That's being deceived. You weep over the church. Mourn. A time to laugh. Notice. You're not always laughing. You're not always weeping. But you're balanced. A time to laugh. You can laugh in the spirit. Not just laughing at some funny comedian on the, on the TV. Is that the way you laugh? No. But you laugh. You're glad. You're happy when they say unto you, go into, let's go into the house of God. You can laugh. My, my, my. A time to mourn. Uh, blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. A time to mourn. Okay? You uh, don't mourn as others for lost ones. Yes, you can, but not all just a season. You don't go mourning for the dead. No. You cry a little bit for mom or dad, whoever, but you stop. Amen. You stop. Don't, don't continue for months and years. Amen. You gotta, you grieve, yes. Gotta understand. Jesus wept. But you have to let it go after a while. Amen. A time to dance. See the word dance there? Oh, you don't dance. Yes, the, the Bible said that there's a time to dance. Amen. And you feel good upstairs. I can dance. That's not a sin. I, I come down at the music. If God's moving, I can dance. There's nothing wrong with that. You can dance too. As long as decent and in order. But in this church, I don't have to worry about people dancing. What I have to worry about is that they don't stuck to their to the benches. A time to dance. See that? A time to cast away stones. <laughs> you know, Jesus gave us the lesson about the stony ground, the stony heart. You go out there and you got to be a, be a plowman that root up the stones. Out of people's heart. Their heart. They stone on their heart. A time to cast away stones. And a time to gather stones together. What stone? You cast away the stony heart. But you gather. Tried stones. Precious corner stones. Remember that? The living stones. Those are people of God. That become a part of the foundation. Being a part of the building. You gather stones. And put them into the. The, um, the house of God. God gather stone. God cast away stones when that stone doesn't fit in the building. Because the building is Christ. You say, no, that's the, the pastor's building. No, it's not. It's for Christ. And if, 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 if I cannot fit into the body of Christ, then I'm cast away. And then God will replace me with another stone. Living stone. A precious cornerstone. Because Jesus Christ is the chief. Cornerstone. It's beautiful, isn't it? A time to gather stones together. A time to embrace. All right, okay. A time to embrace. Yes, you can hug one another, but this is more. More than just uh, 
are embracing. A time to embrace. Okay? You, um, wait, wait a minute. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Okay, we, we came out of this world and you embrace it. Right? You live for it. You embrace it. But there's a time to let go of the world and begin to embrace. Refrain from embracing. Stop embracing it. Nourishing it. Cuddle it. You've got to let it go. And begin to embrace Christ. See? A time to embrace. We, before you accept Christ, what do you do? You embrace. But that season is over. When you begin to know Jesus Christ through the process of sanctification, you begin to embrace righteousness. Beautiful. A time to uh, embrace and a time to get and a time to lose. Oh, there's a lot of folks say, always want to get, but they, they can't lose. Okay? Or give, lose, give. Because when you get, many times it's not gain, but when you lose, that's gain. See, when you sow, you uh, or you lose yourself. Okay? There's a time to get, but there's a time to lose. What do you do? Did you know you when you accept Christ, you lose yourself to him? You're no more your own, but you, you belong to, to Jesus Christ. A time to keep and a time to cast away. See, and Sunday morning, do you cast away something? What do you cast away? Or you just keep everything for yourself? No, I need this. And you, when, when, when you get to where you plan, me, my, I, I budget this. I can't give this for the, and the church become last. The church, I want to tell you something. You want to know what's going on in your life? You put the church first. You put the church first. Even you, if you have to suffer, because God's watching if, if the Lord took time to watch a little woman cast how many? Two pennies? Into the offering. Two. That wasn't very much. And the Lord took time. And said so she gave more. See? A time to, to lose. You know, I, I, I was planning for that, but I, 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 I'm going to take a loss. I'm going to give it to God. You haven't lost a time to lose, a time to keep. I'm not going to let this go. But did, did you know that you can have a great savings. But in that saving, I want you to listen to me carefully. In that saving, if you didn't pay your tithe, if your tithe is in it. That's the Lord's money. That's not yours. I don't care if it's a hundred thousand dollars, you don't pay your tithe on it. That's still not yours. You say, but the Lord doesn't know you won't get it. Yes, he will. Have you read where and what he did to Israel, he, uh, Judah, when he, he sent them in captivity for 70 years when they did not obey the Sabbath and they did not pay their tithe? Read Malachi. 70 years in captivity. For over 400 years or so. How many, how many years? And they would not uh, keep the Sabbath. And that's why they went in captivity. You don't get away with anything. 
and they stayed in captivity until everything was fulfilled. The land had its rest. You, you can't get away. You cannot get away from God. God is the best bookkeeper. To the very penny. He's stricter than IRS. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend. Tear. Rend. Not just your clothes. But rend your soul away from the world. You know, you, know, you tear away. You break away from that friendship. From those company. Even your relatives that. Some relatives that's not serving God. You can buddy, buddy, buddy. And you're closer to your family. Relatives that's not even love God. Than you are to Christians. Check your spirit. I say God doesn't care. God doesn't mind. Yes he does. A time to rend. Rend your heart. Not your garments. Break your heart away from that. Thing that you love more than God. A time to sow. You know when you put it back together. Sow something. Time to sow. A time to keep silent. You have to know when. To be silent. Not talking all the time. But silent. A lot of people go, get down their knees. Or start to pray. And they all talk, talk, talk. You have to know to. Just stop sometime and let God talk to you. Listen for the voice, that still small voice. And a time to speak. See that? You got time to speak, but a time to be silent. Same thing on the phone. You can't be talking on the phone all the time. That's why I think it's still wrong while church is going on to get phone calls. Everybody should turn off their phone. Turn it off. I mean, I know the, a mistake can be made, but turn it off. When it, when it rings, that hello, hello, in the middle of the service, turn it off. Just reach over and turn the button off. Hello, hello. You don't have to do that. Honor the Lord. Respect the Lord. Respect the church. You don't want that cell phone to become an idol. A cell phone can be good, but it can be very damaging. Did, did you know you can be here? I can be here. And I can interrupt somebody's church in LA. With that cell phone. Did you know that? Just let it go off. Or I can be here. And I can be instructing somebody. In New York. Or I can be here and I'm trying to pass to somebody. In Mexico, a cell phone can be dangerous. A cell phone, so cell phone give you access, can give you illegal and lawful access in a man's church. That's not your church. When I use a cell phone to begin to contact the people in another man's church, that's not my church that is working iniquity. Do you know that? Did you know that? When I use the phone 
and I want to call names. I was, you know, somebody that you, uh, a church that I know that I could say, well, okay, this is Faith Mission. Let me use my church, Faith Mission Ministry. Okay. The pastor is a pastor. He pastored that flock. And if somebody called into the church to you and tried to pastor you, what would you say that is? You show me the scripture. Give me the scripture that you can do that. Give me the scripture that you can do that. You can't do that. That's wrong. That's wrong. But because we are living in an age that we've lost the order, the government of a church. So we don't know church order. We don't know church. So almost anything goes. We call good evil and evil good. You cannot use cell phone to pastor, to contact, to direct, to instruct, or worse, receive an offering. You know you can receive an offering over the, by cell phone to cell phone? Oh, just text it. Text me your tithe. Are you listening to what I'm saying? A lot of people don't listen, and that's why they don't know, and that's why they're so easily deceived. Because they won't listen. And you tell them, but they won't listen. And they're easily deceived. And guess who gets the blame? The pastor. Pastor is wrong. Pastor get the blame. Pastor don't build the church right. We need another pastor who can build it right. Oh, pastor, it must be slipping. No. It's your brains that's slipping. Well, you've got to get to the place where you love the church, you love the pastor, you love the saints of God. And not always let somebody just spin you and spin you and make a little out of you. You've got to take your stand for the Lord. And you got to build firm that when, when the enemy comes in, when the devil tried to twist you, you can't find nothing inside of you. But because a lot of us sometimes we're not grounded. Just a phone call. Just a conversation will throw you off. Or I can't come to church. I'm watching you on Facebook. That is foolish and ignorant. Jesus never died for a Facebook church. Oh, I I don't come to church, but I I see you on Facebook and I watch and follow you. And I heard a, I heard a good pastor mention that tonight about Facebook. And we use it during the pandemic, Zoom or whatever. But you need to get in church. You need to get back in church. Jesus is not coming back for a Facebook church. Facebook. 
We all need to get to the house of God like David. I was glad. Glad. When they say unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. It's wonderful to serve the Lord. It's good to serve God. A happiness, a joy comes in your heart. When you begin to serve the Lord. And the Bible talk about clap your hands all ye people. Shout with the voice of triumph. Make a joyful noise. You don't know how good that is. And when you begin to serve this God. Sovereign and holy and righteous God. We're talking Sunday night about sovereignty. God is sovereign. Is supremacy. The supremacy of God. The kingship of God. And to say that God is a sovereign. Is to declare that God is God. He is the most high. And then I. When I pick it up again. I'll give you Daniel 4.35. But that he is almighty. The possessor of heaven and earth. None can defeat his counsel. No one can change him. Change his plans, his purpose or resist his will. Psalms 115.3 He is the governor among the nations. Psalms 22.28 The only potentate. Look at the king of kings and the lord of lords. First Timothy 6.15 What a God. Amen. You ought to praise him. What a God. You ought to come alive. God is God. Get the joy in God. Let me tell you, all by yourself you can be praising God. If nobody prays God, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday, it's the same God. Hallelujah. Oh, that man would praise the Lord. You got to get the joy in you. This flesh is dead. It's no good. It's useless anyhow. And you pet it. Where do you think it's taking you? Huh? If the Lord tarry, we all go into the graveyard. But I want to go shouting. I want to, like Paul, fought a good fight. Run the race. Finish your course. And henceforth, there's laid up for me. Don't, don't enter into heaven dead and dry. An abundance of entrance. Shall be ministered. That's what we're doing tonight. Ministering an abundance of entrance to you. Into the everlasting kingdom of God. God bless you tonight. Are you happy? I don't see how. Our people stay home. What, what's home? Your little television. Your little rerun. I don't see how people. When this Bible is alive. What a book. Thank God that. He has given us the word of God. And no matter who serve God. You purpose in your heart. If your family don't want to serve God. You still purpose in your heart. That you will serve God. Amen. God bless you. I hope you enjoy tonight. I, I hope.